Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. Start of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It is One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for downloading, for listening, especially this week when I know so many of you are off of work or taking time out of your busy schedules it is the busy season. It's the holiday season. I wish all of you happy holidays. And most importantly, even if you're not happy, stay safe. We need, uh, if not for yourself, just think of me. I need every listener I can, whether it's here or on SiriusXM. And uh, we salute each and every one of you. Thank you for making this program part of your day, however you chose to do so. Do so. Welcome it. My name is Jeff Manz. In case you're just stumbling in, this is the One Man's Opinion Podcast. Here it is uncensored. It is unfiltered. There will be no topic not discussed because we're worried about being canceled or any other of that stuff. There will be salty language. So this is not for the kids. This is not for sensitive ears. It's not for sensitive people. All right. If you are one that can get offended, uh, if you listen to this show long enough, you will get offended. I offend myself sometimes. That's what happens. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, you could hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host a little program called Elite Sports from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time every weekday afternoon. Also host Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show on Sunday mornings with my good buddy Bob Harris during the NFL football regular season. Also, I'm part owner and chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. Get over there and check out the rest of season NFL product, whether it's we do postseason fantasy. Like we do all forms. We do draft leagues. We do one and done leagues. We do our rankings and projections for every single round. We do bets for every single game. We do bets for every single or do DFS for every single game. I mean, the football season for us is far from over. So plenty of time. There is a 75% discount currently uh, the Christmas manscation, as they call it a uh, special. We're running over there full service NFL. But if you're into the NBA, my NBA season always starts on Christmas day. So that's when I start the DFS stuff. I start looking at betting in the NBA NHL that season's already in high octane. Our NHL team is second to none in the universe betting dfs everything you could imagine we've got college basketball we've got college football bowl season going on the football season never ends though over at fantasyguru.com and just a little precursor we've got our fantasy baseball draft guide that is also coming out I, the first or i'm sorry mid of uh, middle of january so we will be out with that in the next couple of weeks ray flowers doing most of the authoring on that content over there. We'll have DFS. We'll have spring training. We'll have betting for baseball. But we also have football year-round now. We have USFL. We have XFL. We have Canadian Football League. If you are a football fan, college football, it never stops. We go all the way through for the NFL season. That never stops between free agency, the Super Bowl, then free the combine, then free agency then um, the OTAs, then the draft, then mini camps, and OTAs, and training camp. I mean, it just keeps going. So best chance to get in over there, fantasyguru.com, right stinking now, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow me on social media, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word, all together, the Jeff Mans. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. This is our annual holiday episode, everybody. You know I'm a big fan of Christmas. That is my jam. It is what I do. It's what I love. I love this time of year, everything about it. So I'll, uh, I'm will i going to discuss some holiday memories of me, uh, mostly why I like the holidays. And, and this could be good if you – are like me and you enjoy the holiday season and you want to share your own holiday memories, please tweet at Jeff underscore man's, or if you're in the man's cave discord over at fantasyguru.com, let's share our memories there as well. And if you're not, you're not into it. You're a Ted Schuster or a Sandro Anello, or you're just kind of uh, don't like it. Maybe this could kind of clue you in why I, and maybe other people do like the holidays and maybe you find something in it. Maybe you don't, 
that's not up to me. It's all on you. So we'll discuss that, but we do have plenty of recap for week 15. We've got some seasonal overall topics to discuss. I've got a lot of week 16 previewing to do. We've got our single game parlay. We've got our bets, our upsets. We'll talk a little bit about the weather, though. I don't want to hit the weather too hard because I don't know what's going to happen. There's a blizzard across half the continent. I mean, that's that's what I know. Or I shouldn't say the continent, should say country, and I shouldn't say blizzard. It's more of a polar ice or polar vortex is what they're calling it. That's stretching all the way from Canada down into Texas across the big swath of the country. Going to impact those games, Cleveland, Chicago, Kansas City. These are games that are going to be highly affected by this uh, weather pattern, I suppose, through this weekend. So uh, I'll, I'll touch on that. I'll tell you what I'm looking for as well. So a lot to get to on the program here today. Let's talk week 15 recap right out of the gate. I'll get into my holiday stuff a little bit later. Uh, got knocked out in, you know, we all have that league. That one league that, uh, for whatever reason, it's just a little, you put a little more time into it, a little more effort into it, just a little bit more than others. I got knocked out of mine. It's the Hoffel League, the HOFL Hall of Fantasy League. It is, it's an industry league. It is a ton of fun. There's a lot of great people and competitors. It's a very competitive league. Um, second year this league has run. It was the first, we have an app, the Hoffel app, HOFL. I'm proud because a lot of folks that have followed me in the Hoffel League, they won money. They win the DFS payouts. When I win, they win. And we did this last year, and I felt I drafted the best team. It was probably my best draft I've ever done, and I didn't make the playoffs. I just, fucking injuries, everything just destroyed me last year. So I went into this this was that league where i of the tiger i'm not gonna fuck this up i'm not gonna screw up i'm gonna get this right right every pick just felt you know i felt good about it and uh had the strategy went into it and i crushed it i think i did a very good job i, I my draft was the uh 11th 12 teams i was next to last so right by the wheel but um, proud of the fact you know, went Joe Mixon in the first, Debo Samuel in the second, Terry McLaurin in the third, Connor in the fourth, Mahomes in the fifth. Can you believe I went Mahomes that high? Goddard in the sixth, Lazard in the seventh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. What huge picks they were in rounds eight and nine. I mean, it was a really good draft. I'm really proud of the team I put together there and all season long, I was hotly in contention. Uh, nobody, this is one of those leagues where nobody really ran away with it, right? There's one team that was 11 and two, but they were also um, gave up. I believe the least points of anybody in the league, right? So it's like a lot of luck and stuff. I have everybody else's eight and five, seven and six, somewhere. You know, there's the worst team was four and nine. It was a that's a that's how you know a good league. And I'm proud to make the playoffs. My Las Vegas Pocket Kings team made the playoffs in this one, uh, advanced uh, the first round, got in the second round this week, and lost it. Um, as a close game, I needed 10.7 points out of Alan Lazard in week number this week, week 15 and didn't get it on Monday night football. So you know, that kind of sucked. Um, had a chance with Lazard. So Lazard, let's talk about that. Cause a lot of people are, it's funny when I don't mind the people that come back around and, you know, they hated the Lazard pick. They hated our stance on Lazard, the Mike Concho movement. Um, a lot of people didn't like him or didn't like it. And they've been pissed most of the year because it worked out phenomenally. Like Lazard has been fantastic. Now he got hurt. Nobody realized that first week didn't even fucking play that. He was the number one receiver there and missed out in a very valuable week, right? He's wide receiver 36 in fantasy football now. All right. And that's after just some real stinky, terrible games. 
So he was drafted as wide receiver 45. I got him as wide receiver 47 in this. And, you know, by the time the season's over, that's about where he's going to end up. So it won't be much of a value, but I got a huge value on him. We need those players. It's important when you're drafting next year, all right, to identify players, identify situations that are every week starters that you don't have to decide on, that you don't have to worry about, that you don't have to call into the station or the show and try to, oh, do I start this guy or that guy? Even if it's a three, two, three, four-week stretch, those players are valuable, and Lazard was. Unfortunately, I had no other players. I mean, Lazard would not have started for me. Put it this way. I lost by like eight points or whatever it was. Would Debo Samuel have got me 10-plus points this week? Yes. And if I didn't lose Debo Samuel last week, that was that would have been a major benefit. I would have won in advance. But out in that league, happy about – I advanced in every other league. My home league, I've straight up dominated all season long. I head to the playoffs at 14-1, and one, best record in the league – uh, by a good margin and have the most points in that league and have just basically cleaned up. And even the game I lost, it was a narrow loss by me. I've been, it's not just scoring the most points. It's a consistent type of situation, but I know full well, I'll get into that and lose in the playoffs. Cause that's, that's what happens, right? It just, when you have great teams, at a great run and you have a great record. Nobody should ever be 14 and one in fantasy football. It's insane to be that productive. It's insane to be that consistent. And you're just ripe for a downplay. You're ripe for a letdown. And I got Jalen hurts in that league. Well, duh. (laughs) Now Jalen hurts is hurt. And it's a, it's a two QB league and you can't fucking replace that. My other guy is Taylor Heineke. Right, against San Francisco. I mean, of all the weeks for Hurts to get hurt, when Heineke faces off against the 49ers in San Francisco, it's the worst week possible. So I know that one's going to end miserably for me, but I'm still damn proud of the effort that I uh, put forth this year. Sirius XM Host League moved to the championship game. Elite Sports Listener League, that's one. You motherfuckers, how do you motherfuckers in the Listener League not beat your boy? Your boy sucked all year. I think this is one of those leagues where I've got incredibly lucky. So my home league, I've dominated the whole time. I'm absolutely going to lose. There's not even a question. The Listener League, I've been pretty mediocre to garbage all year long. But you kind of just feel... Like, oh, shit, am I going to win this fucking league? I'm going to win this fucking league. Right? Is that what's fucking going to happen? Win the fucking league? I shouldn't. The team is okay. You know, a lot of things have broke well as of re- recently. But, um, you know, I guess Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill in the first round, James Conner, ETN, A.J. Dillon, Christian Kirk. Some good picks right up in there. Romeo Dubs, good pick. You know, had some had some good ones, um, but also some real terrible moves in that league. Like I had Trevor Lawrence in that league, and I dropped him at some point, right? And so my starting quarterback in that league is Daniel Jones. Pretty bad, pretty freaking bad. So, um, just an interesting dilemma there. A couple other championship games for uh, your boy this year, a couple other playoffs, and I'll talk about those in the days and weeks ahead. But we look at week 15. It was crazy. Started out crazy with the Minnesota-Indianapolis game, the Colts just being a catastrophe and losing the biggest comeback ever. Shouldn't be that surprising because, I don't know, Matt Ryan specifically is just conducive. Either it's play calling or he, he, he gets tight butthole syndrome. Or something, whatever it is, is just he's a disgrace. To he's good at getting leads. The Colts have been very good to start games since Chef Saturday took over, but have just been a disaster ever since. So 
that was a big takeaway. The weather game in Buffalo didn't pan out. I think freaking out weather, that should teach us a lot, even though I think this week is a lot more detrimental weather-wise than one game in Buffalo was last week. I'll talk more on that when I preview the upcoming week as well. Um, that That's, you know, the basic takeaways were that. I think they're, we've gotten into a lot of conversation about where do we go next year? You know, it gets really irritating that if we don't, if we lost, if you lost, if you're out of the playoffs or what have you, then you're going to be in trouble if you didn't learn why or how. And I think there's a, a big debate. I, there's a soundbite that went out the other day at Sirius XM fantasy on Twitter. Um, because of a discussion I had about next year and the first round and the running back heavy approach. And it's, I think most people actually are getting it, which I'm proud of, but there's some guys that just don't get it that, and they, every time you say I, my, my overriding point is this, there should not be nine running backs drafted in the first round next year. If that happens, just close it. You're, you're a fucking idiot. If, you end up with them. Or if you're, let's say you have pick eight or nine. Nobody really likes those picks, right? And you're like, well, I got to go with the best running back on the board. You're a dinosaur. The game has passed you by. Now, there is no set right way to draft. Or I, I should say there is a right way to draft. There's not any set pattern. You, you don't have to go running back early. You don't have to go receiver early. You don't have to go tight end. You don't have to go quarterback. None of this has to happen. But the odds are what they are. I gave out these numbers on the XM show the other day. I'll recite them for you here as well. Out of the top 50 scores amongst running backs, receivers, and tight ends, 27 of the top 50 are wide receivers. Three of them are tight ends. So 30 out of the 50 are... 30 out of 50 are non-running backs. I think that it does not tell you something. 60% of the field is telling you, yet 75% of the first round, you draft the other position. Isn't that screaming? You know, the thing about the leagues that I'm in and then going through these drafts like I was just talking about, is and I'll go back to the Sirius XM, uh, or I'm sorry, now I'll go back to the um, uh, listener league, you know, in that draft. And what worked in that draft, I want Jamar Chase. I had the fifth overall pick. Chase is fine, but he missed a lot of time. I want Tyreek Hill in the second, and that has proven to be an absolute boon. Okay. It's huge. Connor, Etienne, Dylan after that got Kirk in the sixth. But going wide receiver heavy has worked out immensely and wonderfully. Again, it helps that you choose the right receivers, just like it would at running back. And I think a lot of folks are going to browbeat about Christian McCaffrey, and it's it's great, but it didn't work out. It did not work out the way that you thought. He got traded to the best team in the NFC. He got traded to a massive offensive line in the best running system in the National Football League. Well, third best. That's, we can't just, and he was, managed to stay healthy for the first time in three years. You can't defy those odds. But, and, and Eckler did great. But other guys, Taylor and Mixon's disappointing. Henry's disappointing. Najee's disappointing. Dalvin Cook has been disappointing. And those are the guys that are actually producing decently, right? Those are actually producing. But you look at those guys like Taylor and Najee and uh, DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams because of injury, of course, but that's part of a Camara, Fournette as of late, ETN, who is highly sought after, Zeke. Zeke's been all right too. Zeke, everyone shit on Zeke, but yet Cam Akers. Brees Hall because of injury, of course. A lot of these are because of injury. But that's part of the game at the running back. 
right? That's what it is. That's part of the reason you stay away at that point. I think there's a bigger discussion to be had going into next year. If you didn't learn something from this season, win or lose, just because you won with a philosophy doesn't mean that's the right philosophy. Just because you won with that philosophy doesn't mean it's going to remember if you are moving this forward, this is the biggest problem. Why so many lose in DFS. It's not about what has already happened. You need to focus on the, what's going to happen forward. Here's the easiest thing in the world. I know exactly what the majority of you are thinking and that you will do in DFS, that you will do in seasonal drafts next year. I know the way you're going to bet. Do you know how I know that? Am I really smart? No, I'm not really smart. Am I intuitive or predict the future? Am I Miss fucking Cleo? No. I know it because you do the same thing because all of you do the same thing. You just follow the same exact pattern that everybody, everything you think is what everybody else thinks. But you think it's unique because it's what you think. But it's not. None of that's true. You know? So it's great. It's That's what the problem comes down to. Everyone following the same path, the same pattern. And when you do that, you expect to somehow be different than the rest, and you're not going to be. That's why you have to, if you won with that running back heavy approach this year, congratulations. It's awesome. And it can happen again. But when you start looking at Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook or guy, a lot of people are saying, I have these, a lot of people telling me Nick Chubb, and I have to keep reminding everybody Nick Chubb was a third round pick. No one seems to even remember that was a thing. That was the thing. That dude, his ADP was 27.73. That is the third pick in the third round, motherfuckers. That's on average. I'm looking at NFFC data. He went as as late as 52. (laughs) 52. So, yeah. People getting Nick Chubb in the fucking fifth round, man. Uh, And you're telling me, well, I won with him. Yeah, you won with him because you got him in the fifth round. When that happens, you didn't go heavy. And there will be those types of players, the Nick Chubbs, the James Connors, the Zeeks that fell far enough, Brees Hall for a time. Hell, J.K. Dobbins right now. Josh Jacobs is one of my highest-owned players this year, one of the reasons I'm doing well. And he his average draft position was 65.75. That's the sixth round. It's almost the seventh round. Josh Jacobs won 108th overall in some leagues. That's the last pick of the ninth round. Complete and utter league winner. And that will happen next year, too. So, again... There is no definite. There is no, oh, you have to choose a running back. You have to choose a receiver. You have to choose. But I will throw under the table tight end and quarterback need to be in the consideration. If this fantasy sports industry is the worst, that keep thinking that in a one quarterback league, it doesn't impact you to have a great one. And they avail way to the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And then everybody just gets their quarterbacks then. If you're sitting in the third round and Mahomes or Josh Allen or even Jalen Hurts are sitting there for you and you don't take them, you're out of your fucking mind. You're completely delusional at that point. I'm sorry, but there's cases for them in the first round. There just is. I mean, when you just, when everything comes down to it, the turnover running back and receiver over the turnover at quarterback is so much more. Think of all the different players. Think of the different players that had good runs this season. I just mentioned like the Brees Hall of the world. Mari Cooper was dynamo for a while. Garrett Wilson has had a couple monster weeks. Zay Jones is on a hot streak now. Chris Olave earlier in the season. Remember Rashad freaking Penny earlier in the season? Got us to a point. Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. Had those runs. Gabe Davis for a very small time. Had like the two-game streak where he fucking went completely off. Remember early season Marquise Hollywood, what's your dream, Brown? 
Remember how, I mean, these are players that aren't going to grade out well for the entirety of the season, but my God, they got you where you needed to be for a large chunk. Jeff Wilson, first couple weeks in Miami, right? Jerry Judy for a time, Paris Campbell for a time. Fucking Chris Moore recently, the last couple weeks. Like, I mean, that's the turnover. You don't get that at quarterback. So it makes more sense to use your premium choices to select a quarterback. When you look at the top 100 overall scores at all positions in fantasy football this year, 26 of them are quarterback. Yeah, 26. It's a shit ton. That is a shit ton. And guys like Jared Goff were top 27. Of that top 100, by the way, 41 are run, are wide receivers. 41. Easy, 41% out of the top 100 point scores are wide receivers. 26 are quarterbacks. Only 28 are running backs. Five are tight ends. And the tight end thing just shows you just, dude, Travis Kelsey or nothing. Travis Kelsey is a in every every league, every format, first round pick next year and should be. Now, if you want to say I'm not going to do it, you're you're not going to draft Travis Kelsey because he's too old and aging out. Totally understand. No problem. I get it. But you can't deny the impact that he has over freaking everybody else at his position. So there you go. Um, so that's those are my big takeaways from week 15. You know, we get in the holiday week. This is a week where a lot of people are distracted. I'll be honest, of all the weeks in the world, this is one where I'm the most distracted that I'll ever be. I despise this week having Christmas Eve and Christmas Day on the weekends. I hate, fucking hate 14 games on those two days. It is just brutal. And I'm going, I have made a conscious decision to watch the first set of games on Saturday. And I will not be watching Washington, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Dallas, Vegas, or Pittsburgh. I will not be watching them on Christmas Eve. That's a family day. My kids are old and don't. We just don't have a lot of time left as a family unit and all that stuff. So that is an important thing. I will go back and rewatch them. Think I'll not be able to knock one or two out. I might knock them both out Christmas Eve night after we put the presents out and shit. So I'll be able to do that and then watch the other one late on Sunday night, on Christmas Day night. I don't know how much of Green Bay and Miami I'll be able to watch, even though that's a pretty good game. The other ones will be on while everybody's here, and that's great. That's easy to watch. But, I mean, I haven't missed a single football game. Not a snap. Not one snap of NFL football has happened without me watching it since 1999. Last time. So, in this century, not a single fucking one. And I had I was in hospital cancer for a while. You, I've never missed one. And I won't now. Good old NFL Plus, baby. Can watch those games. Um, but all my analysis... I'm not, when I say that I won't be watching that, there is no mistaking. My analysis is going to be there. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be honest, just like always. Rankings will be updated. All the work is being done. One other thing, I'll say this about our people at Fantasy Guru, those of you who are subscribers. um, We pared down some of our content for the week. There are items like snap counts and roster trends, and this kind of stuff that are just not as significant. Okay. And quite frankly, they don't impact your leagues or your moves or anything. If you're mad about this, you come see me at Jeff underscore mans, or you could hit me up in any channel on the, our discord. You could write to customer support and I'll happily reply. But it's important to me that our team that works very fucking hard from Literally all season, but the minute June 1st hits, we're in full season mode. So six months of no days off, no time off, no vacations are allowed in our company. 
during that time. If you travel, you work. You get married, you work. I mean, it doesn't matter. There's no time off. We don't, don't not during football. Nope. Mm-mm. So, yeah, it's important to me that our my staff, my people get to spend at least a little bit of time. At least a little bit. I don't want them. I think the work is a lot better when they're not pushed into things. So we cut th- out some of the things that are more superfluous. My cash game breakdown, all the data is up to date, all the smash reports, but I'm not doing big old player write-ups. You have to, at this point, you kind of know my analysis is going to be on and I'm not just listing players just to list play- players, but I'm not going to spend the extra six hours writing up maybe more than that with doing the player write-ups. I wrote a sentence or two, give you a quick you know, side, but that's not what's going to happen. You know what I mean? So uh, come see me if you don't like it, but based on what I've seen with uh, some of our marketing emails that have gotten replied that everybody's out for the whole month of fucking December. Yeah. Most of y'all aren't working anyway, not even going into the fucking office. So uh, we're going to cut our staff a little slack. I, I love Christmas, man. To me, it's a snapshot of where you're at. It's a snapshot of where, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's Christmas or if it's New Year's for you, or maybe you guys are summer people, you're the 4th of July. It doesn't matter. It could be April 16th. I don't know, whatever, right? Have something in your life that means something where you take inventory, where you take stock, where you know where you're at. I love the holidays because I can remember it's a moment of the year. I remember, Oh, this person was around and we did this on this day and we ate this. Remember this thing went right. This thing went wrong. It's just that snapshot for me. Um, I think it was, it's strange because I love Christmas so much. Like my, the rest of my family doesn't even, my immediate family does, but like my brothers and sisters aren't nearly as into it even as I am. And yeah, I've always been curious as to why they're into it, but they're not like over the moon. Like I do, I do things real big and do it up. I think what happened was, they, you know, I've talked about this in other podcasts. My parents were poor. It's a weird relationship that my mom and dad had. They're both passed away. If you're new to the podcast, um, long time. My dad died in 99, my mom in 2011. So uh, it's been a while. And, you know, we never went through Christmas. It was always a big deal. And I used to think before I knew my parents, I never knew them. I was 20. By the time my mom died, I was like about 30 years old only or something. So it's been like I never got to see my parents as an adult. I never saw my dad. I was 20. 221 when he passed away. So it's a different environment. But what I've learned since and putting the puzzle pieces together is that he didn't have shit. I tell the story every year and I write it in the cash game breakdown as my intro, whether you like it or not, but I think it's a good, it's a great story. Let's face it. I, I think it is that when my dad passed away, my aunt was driving in from North Carolina and it's his sister. And uh, he had two sisters and one of them had passed, ironically enough, Christmas night, uh, two years before he did. She was older. Um, then the younger sister drove in from North Carolina. I don't know. It took her forever. We had a wake for my dad, yada, yada, yada. And she was late, 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 late. You know, and we the wake was like over and she was still en route. And we didn't understand why she had to drive. We didn't understand any of it, but she did. And when she got there, she came in, and we were all standing by the casket, and she put a stuffed teddy bear into his casket. And it was like, that's a what a weird fucking thing to do, right? And that's the thing. I never knew my dad's side of the family. I don't think anybody in my family knew. We, we knew my mom's, my grandparents on that side. It didn't, the other ones lived, one aunt lived in Florida, the other in North Carolina. We didn't really know them. I saw them twice, like in my life before this. And uh, it was weird. Like, what if what's a fucking t- teddy bear in a casket? It's a weird thing. Then we asked, you know, what that's, what's that all about? And he, she told the story that we had never heard before. 
and that was that when they were younger, they grew up in a, a farm in DuPage County, Illinois. Uh, my dad did. And, you know, back when it was all farmland or whatever, and they didn't have any money. Dad's family was always dirt poor. I mean, when you talk to, I mean, as poor as you could imagine, like beyond what you could fathom in today's day, like to- terrible. Um, I got stories on that for another time, but anyway, they, one time my dad was working in the field and he, he found a teddy, a teddy bear, like a ground up teddy bear. They had ran over whatever. Well, he decided to, um, wrap it up in newspaper and put it under their Christmas tree. Like the other kids, see the other kids always had a Christmas. They had presents and there was a whole thing. Santa Claus came and my dad didn't ever, they never, Talked about Santa Claus. There was no Santa Claus. There was no nothing. None of that happened for my dad as a kid, you know? Um, So he went he, he and he passed around. So him and my aunts, his two sisters, would pass around this teddy bear every Christmas for the next eight years. They would wrap up the same teddy bear and each get something to unwrap. So they each got the feeling that the other kids at school had that they get to unwrap a present. It was like, holy fuck. Remember, I'm 21 learning this for the first time. My dad never spoke of it. My dad had an interesting life, and it's the, one of the saddest things for me. So I never got to talk to him about it. He was on Navy ships during the the Korean War. My dad was in Hawaii back in the day. Like he was he's in Asia. He was he lived, he, he was poor. He grew up in this, he grew up in this you know, on a farm, and then he lived in the city. And he ran a business, a grocery store, and he, you know, he fought alcoholism and then eventually cancer. And it's just like, it's a fascinating life that I just never got to know, unfortunately. And that story blew me away. And it, I started, we all realized at that point, when I was a kid and I was growing up, even my brothers and sisters, like my, my mom did everything with Christmas. My dad seemingly didn't do shit. It's kind of like that movie, A Christmas Story, where the mom's doing everything and mom's getting credit. You see everything the mom's doing. Nobody pays attention to the dad, but then dad at the end is the one that bought the Red Rider BB gun. He knew exactly what these kids were doing and wanted, and he made sure they got it. That was my dad, evidently, and I had no idea. Never. I thought he was an alcoholic that worked all the time and didn't really pay attention. Like That's what I thought, but he worked to afford us a lifestyle. So he never had, we never had to go through what he did. And he always used to insist, or my mom always used to have put out the presents, Santa Claus. Santa Claus would always leave a stuffed animal or some sort of like anything, like a Mr. Bill doll or something plush, as they would say, on top of the presents. Always like something that's not wrapped that's on top. It's like, okay, interesting. Yeah. You know, I just thought that's what Santa Claus did. That's then later on thought that's what my mom did. Okay. You know, and it's unique. Not everybody does that. I learned that day basically or realized it because my mom said, that's why my dad always insisted on putting something on top of the presents and usually a teddy bear or a stuffed animal of sorts, whatever, I would get like a, sometimes it was an action figure or something, you know, but that would be, he would put that on top. And it's all because of that same tradition that he had as a kid. So, you know, that's a hell of a story. And it's, you know, so unfortunate to learn that after he had passed away and whatnot, but um, it's those traditions, right? It's that, that you don't know it when you're in it. Just like today in this, this holiday season, for those of you with kids and stuff, like, man, I know you're probably frustrated. I know you spent way too much money. I know work's probably not going well. Hopefully your DFS and your fantasy seasons are going well. Huh? Thanks to us? No? Well, if you shit the bed there too, just, let's just do something altogether. Let's not take it out on the world. Let's just, you feel the pressure. You feel the pinch. You feel it. But let's not let the kids know. You know, my parents went through a hell of a lot. 
real problems there. I mean, man, I got stories. My mom was arrested in front of me one time, right? For a credit card, for a, a credit, bad credit. Like they used to fucking arrest you for having such bad credit. That's a story for another time. But I, I mean, I've had real problems and they never, I never realized it. They were good at shielding it. I've talked about my mom and dad's depression. My mom, I think, was a manic depressant. She was a massively depressed person her whole life. Never realized it or thought of it. She would, like, fake her suicide in front of my sisters and shit and then tell, act as if nothing was wrong in front of my brothers and dad. It was just, like, bizarre fucking behavior. But don't put that on your kids, man. They could sense it. Make the day special. Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas, this uh, it's about the kids. It's about happiness. It's about magic. You know, I thought there was magic in the world, and there was for me, even though it wasn't real magic. It wasn't duty, duty, do magic. It was magic that my parents made somehow. And I, I've told this story recently about the lifesavers and the stocking, right? All that kind of stuff. That's the magic to a two-year-old or my, my goddaughter's two years old and we brought her to Christmas lights and just the majesty of, wow, why is everybody out? What's all these bright lights? Why are my favorite characters, you know, the, the blow up dolls or the, uh, not the inflatables, right? It's like, why, you know, it's just the majesty in their eyes. You see it. They're four, they're six, they're eight. <laughs> it's just, that's what it's all about. It's about putting them first, not us. It's about proving that we as a people, you know, can make something great. And the Santa Claus thing, and Santa Claus exists. I will say that forever. And he exists because it's inside all of us who make it exist, who perform the duties. We do it. All the moms and dads out there, you guys deserve a shit ton of credit. You should take it because nobody else is going to give you credit. Give yourselves credit. You know, and then you see the wonderment in the kids' eyes. See the amazement. Then they go to school and tell all their buddies what they got. Hey, I got this. I got that. Oh, you know, it's fantastic. And whether they had the best Christmas or, you know, of all their friends or not, who cares? It was theirs. And that's special to everybody. That's why I love it. That's what... It, that's why it matters to me. You know, there was a, uh, able to tell this story now is a time where, um, when my wife and I, we had our first daughter and I think we had both kids were born at that point. I think my oldest was about six. So it was like 2008 ish. And there was a, whatever year baby alive was the big fucking thing. It was a big thing that kids had to get. Maybe she was older. Maybe she was like eight. I don't know. But, but, um, I drove to Kenosha, Wisconsin in order to meet somebody that I had some internet message board. I don't think it was Craigslist. I don't think it was eBay. I can't, I don't even know. I honestly, to this day, have no idea where I found this person, but it was like the tickle me elmo. Baby Alive was sold out. Couldn't find it. For $100, this was a $20 doll. I paid $100 in cash in a parking lot of Kenosha, Wisconsin. I drove all the way up. It took me four hours to get there. It was a white-out blizzard all the way up I-94 from, at that point, I was at my parents' house down in Will County all the way up to Kenosha to get this doll and to get it for my daughter, right? And... To this day, I don't think she ever knows I did that. I don't think she ever knows or will ever know. Maybe someday we'll tell the story or whatever. But, um, you know, that you do that for your kids. You do that to maintain the magic, to make sure they have the best possible, the optimal day and Christmas and all that. And again, hundred. I should not have been spending $100 at that time. We didn't have any money. Like my wife and I, uh, we would joke about it all the time. Like, just did not have a lot of money. Now, at that time, I think I was okay because I I had sold my business in 2003, but I didn't make like millions on it or anything. 
you know, I made a little bit of money, decent enough to put down. We put it all into the college for the kids, which is coming in mighty fucking handy now. And that was it. And but at that, I went back and worked for the government. I wasn't making a high salary. She was my wife was making under twenty thousand dollars at the time. It's we we were not spending a lot. So, but we did it. I think my wife still resents me for it. We did it just to maintain that magic and do what it needs to do, whether it's money or your time or just the experiences. If you don't like Christmas movies, Ted Schuster pissed me off the other day. He's like, I don't fucking like that. I don't fucking like it. It didn't really piss me off. I know Ted doesn't like it. But then don't. Then watch them and make fun of them. Talk about how stupid they are. Heck all the people. Right? That do or watch something else. Watch fucking the Fast and Furious movies. But do something. Spend the time with your kids. Spend time with friends, family. Have the food you want to have. Have the drinks you want to have. And for fuck's sake, can you put the fucking camera phones down? You don't need to record everything. You want to take a picture of a tree? Awesome. Take a you know video of kids opening presents from family who's somewhere else, whatever. Fine. You don't need to record every fucking thing. Because all you're going to do is, all you're trying to do is post it on social media to show you're better than you really are. Fuck that. Don't worry more about the time and this moment that you have. This right fucking now. Worry about that moment more than you worry about what other people will like, favorite, or comment. Please just do that, especially if you have young kids, for fuck's sake. All right, let's get into week 17 or 16 preview. Oh, shit, I almost jumped a week. I almost just flew right over week 16. Um, so the weather issue, I'll, I'll address it. As of now, the worst of the, it's going to be super cold in Chicago, Buffalo, but Buffalo and Chicago, they don't care. The winds are going to be over 20 miles an hour there. Cleveland's going to be a mess. Cleveland's going to be just as cold as Chicago, but instead of 20 to 25 mile an hour, we're talking 30 to 35 mile an hour winds in Cleveland. Shit, that's just my rule of thumb. Anything under 50 miles an hour is irrelevant. It's not even wind. It's just life. You just live. 15 to 20, you start to at least take note. If it's over 20, now you start taking stock. 20 to 25 mile an hour winds, if it's bursts of wind, it's fine. If it's sustained, you start downgrading passing games, kicking games. You get to 30 and above sustained, like it's expected to be in in Cleveland. Now you have to downgrade. Heavy run game. The Saints are low-key shitty stopping the run. They start out really good. But on the season, New Orleans 23rd in DVOA against the run. They're averaging 146 yards given up on the ground over the last six weeks. So, and you talking about the Cleveland Browns running game. And now Nick Chubb has a foot injury. I think they're just resting him in practice. I think Chubb's going to come in and going to smash. And if he somehow is out by the time you're listening to this, then it's going to be Kareem Hunt that will go fucking off in this game. Um, other weather issues. It's not a lot. It's going to be cold everywhere. Cold, cold, cold. Kansas City, cold. But Kansas City might be the coldest game of all of them. But the winds aren't going to be that bad. Also, remember, uh, as my annual reminder to everybody, that if you ever hear somebody, old NFL coaches, talk about north-south running, do you know why they say north-south running? Because they mean shoulders square and you're running up and down the field. Every stadium built before, I think it was ninth. Or, uh, yeah, 1996, whenever that last expansion was, before that, every single stadium in the NFL was faced north-south facing. They faced north-south. Little known fact, right? Now there's a bunch that face, some face east-west and slanted, and they've done different angles. But when when you look at the wind and the wind patterns in these places, that's another thing with in Cleveland is that it's a western it's the wind is blowing west so it's coming off the lake erie blowing through the stadium coming west that's as parallel as across the field that's the worst wind 
because when you're the wind is north and south and you see this, whether it be, you know, San Francisco or, you know, other places where there's wind, Chicago. Well, if if the wind's coming north, south, then it's just going to impact you one way. Half the game, you're going to be th- going into the wind. Half the game, you're going to go, your back is to the wind. Your back's to the wind is actually helps the passing game and the deep passing game. So it all evens out. So the direction of the wind, and specifically when it's a crosswind versus a directional, the goalpost to goalpost, that's a different animal altogether. All right. By the way, it could rain on Christmas Day in Miami a little bit. It always rains in Miami this time of year, but nothing that's highly detrimental. Some players to now the Jalen Hurts thing is really the billion dollar question. As of now, we don't know what his status is going to be. Most people think that Jalen Hurts will not play. I'm not most people. I find it very hard that they would run him the way they did in the fourth quarter and then not play him against the Cowboys. The only thing that makes sense is they would just try, they're trying to rest him so that the Cowboys do not see this version of the Eagles offense again. Right. That's the only thing I could think of. Now they have the giants, the final week of the season, no matter, I don't know. The Eagles are in the playoffs one way or another, but I think it's nuts to not just clinch up the division, then control your fate. But it almost feels like they may give Jalen hurts like a breather. And then, at home against the Saints next week, they'll come back and slaughter them and then sit for the Giants game. Like that's almost what I think may be at play here. But I think there's a much better chance of Hurts playing than not. If Gardner Minshew plays, you know, as of now, I would start Mahomes, Allen, Her- uh, Herbert, Burrow, Tango Vailoa, Fields, Cousins, all ahead of Minshew. Then it becomes difficult. Huntley, Brady, depending on that weather in Cleveland, Watson, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott. I would start them over Minshew. Then I would put Minshew in. Notice Minshew before Trevor Lawrence. I do not like this matchup for Trevor Lawrence. I just do not like it. I don't like the Thursday night game at all. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to give you a single game parlay for Thursday. Nope. I'm giving you an SGP. A good one. Locked in, baby. But not for fucking Thursday. I'm not, I don't bet just a bet. No, let's just do it. No. This is a tough fucking game. And a game that, that Thursday games, I just don't like any. I can't read either team very well. I love Christian Kirk. I love Zay Jones. That is it. That's what I know in that game. That's If I have somebody different than those two players, everything worries me. Yes, that's Evan Ingram. Yes, that's Garrett Wilson. Yes, that's Michael Carter. Yes, it's Donovan Knight. I worry about all of it. We may have to start those guys, but it wouldn't be ideal. So that's where Gardner Minshew. Then Minshew ahead of... Lawrence, Goff, Wilson, Carr, Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gardner Mitchell's quality quarterback. I know he is. He could run a little bit. They're not going to be the same offense. But he also can test the Cowboys' corners and secondary that's been pretty porous at times and been bleeding production, too. So I think we pick up some with that. Dallas Goddard gets a big upgrade with Gardner Mitchell, just an FYI. So... Um, that's where we're at with that, uh, running backs that are moving up and, the have like improved, um, matchups for this week, possible streamers this point, guys, aren't your lineup set? Like your playoff team in the semifinals with the championship round. And you're like, Oh, let's start. one of these eight guys? You gotta be fucking kidding me with that. I'm like, I think that Alvin Kamara don't is dangerous. Don't bench him. Play Alvin Kamara. You have must absolute. It's too good of a matchup. Don't get cute with that. So don't screw with that one. Um, I like Leonard Fournette. 
I like Zach Moss on Monday night against the Chargers. Isaiah Pacheco. I know what McKinnon's been doing, and it all comes down. I've talked about this on the XM show. Patrick Mahomes is 33rd out of NFL quarterbacks over the last uh, five weeks in percentage of deep passes. 20 yards or more, Donovan. 33rd, Patrick effing Mahomes. He's thrown for a billion yards during that stretch. He just doesn't throw deep. That's why defenses are key in him. There's so much is going to McKinnon. If you think that continues, then you should start Jarek McKinnon probably over Isaiah Pacheco. I personally do not believe that. I think they have to return to their roots. They have to return to deep passing, and I expect it to happen even this week against the Seattle Seahawks. So... That's where I'm at. I'm still starting Pacheco. There's going to be no differences uh, for me whatsoever. I've got a good gap in a regular PPR league between Pacheco, who's RB18, and McKinnon, who's RB30. I understand some of you are going to see that. They but crazy. Oh, my God. But that's, I'm telling you, I, I will be right on this deal. I will be right on that. McKinnon is... The glass slippers got to fall off very soon. It's been unbelievable how many long catches that guy has gotten over the last three, four weeks. So, um, but I do like the run game. So I like Pacheco in that game. Other running backs, I think, improved their matchups. I think Devin Singletary sneaky too. I know I'm starting him in a, a semifinal round matchup this week as well. So don't overlook him. The best matchups for the passing game, I think, like, I, I kind of shit on Gabe Davis earlier, but my God, this is a tremendous matchup against the Chicago Bears. Just such a big matchup. He's Gabe Davis is like the perfect GPP wide receiver this week. Just the best. Just such a good, cheap. Matchup out of control. Everything's everything's good with that. There's nobody that can handle his size speed in Chicago secondary. Nobody. So I like that. Um, you know, Houston, we'll see what happens with Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is practicing today. I, looks like he may play. It's a tremendous matchup for Brandon Cooks. I'd put him right into my lineup against the Titans if indeed he plays. The Vikings, we know Jefferson massively in play. This game has sneaky shootout potential against the Giants. So Adam Thielen, I'd be kicking the tires on. I know Thielen went to bed last week, but he did get one a uh, late touchdown. KJ Osborne was a machine. I'm not starting Osborne, but I would consider Thielen. Other players, the Tampa Bay wideouts, don't sit Mike Evans, don't sit Chris Godwin. You shouldn't have to be told that. Uh, Trace McSorley is going to start for the Cardinals. I'm not benching Hopkins, but I am benching the rest of them. It's not a bad matchup. Connor and Hopkins is all you should be playing from that side of things. That's it. The Steelers will look monitor Deontay Johnson, but Deontay Johnson is in much better situation with Trubisky at the helm of quarterback, but it looks like Pickett will be back this week. So that means George Pickens. Orange Pickens are forgotten, guys. This is at home. This is a matchup Pickens could dominate and get back, get back into glory. But this is it depends on your options. But if you're sitting George Pickens this week, you know, he's got that big playability. Another amazing low end, low price, I should say, wide receiver in daily fantasy football. So those are um, some of the players that are moving up. Kate Otten uh, for Tampa Bay. We know any tight end versus Arizona is technically in play. I'll say this. The best matchup for tight ends is Seattle, and that's Travis Kelsey. (laughs) Kelsey's playing Seattle. They're in a lot of trouble, a real lot of trouble. I like Dallas Goddard. We're starting him him this week, too. So... um, 
All right. Well, that, I, I think that previewed it pretty well. I know we're about at the hour mark. It's a busy week. Let me dive right into my plays of the week, everybody. Um, single game parlay. So the game that I want to SGP, it, I can't do the Sunday, the Thursday game. I just can't. The good news is, the good news is that we've got Saturday. You know, all the games are on Saturday, so we don't have to wait that much longer. I'm doing this Chiefs Seahawks game. I love it. I I think the Chiefs will rebound. Seattle has played well, but they are they've hit the wall of their limitations on the season. And they just aren't as good as they were four weeks ago. And some real shitty matchups. They haven't played anybody. Is not like people aren't on to them as much. Whereas Kansas City, this was a rough week of practice by Hendy Reed. They weren't fucking around coming home. This is not, they're not going to mess around. I, I think that they're going to be back in on it. The matchups are tremendous. I mentioned Kelsey. They get me Cole Hardman back. Hopefully that will correlate to more downfield passing as well. But like here, the uh, Seahawks played 49ers are fine. They're good. But Brock Purdy, come on. Carolina, the Rams, the Raiders, the Bucks, the Cardinals. I mean, they haven't played anybody in so long. They, they're not going to know what hit them. Chiefs win by at least a touchdown. So I'm going minus six and a half on the Chiefs. And I'm going to play the under. Remember the rule. Nine or more points. Favorite, you take the under. This un, this total is at 49, 48 and a half. Oh, they're lowering it right now. I'm going to jack it up to 55 and a half. Under 55 and a half. Chiefs minus six and a half. That's, that's a plus 130 bet, everybody. Lock that in right now. Because you can't be this fucking cold. It's six degrees in Kansas City with some wind. Kansas City will come out, do very well. Get up big, and then Seattle shut down. They're not going to score 55 points. So, oh, yeah. my Chiefs minus six and a half, under 55 and a half. That's your SGP of the week, plus 130. My upset of the week, this one saddens me. I just feel a massive trap being set. I think Carolina Panthers beat the Detroit Lions. We all want the Lions to win. I hope and pray that this one does not happen. But the Lions have also been on a very golden road. They've played extremely well. This is that game where Detroit on the road, second consecutive, you know, that big, huge play to Brock Wright to win it last week against the Jets. Hard-fought victory. Now they're going to go into Carolina a little too overconfident. Carolina is that team that, you know, they're just good enough to to pull this kind of upset. So, that's the game I think is the upset. And then my bets of the week, boy, I like a lot of them. I will say the Eagles Cowboys under 47 and a half. Pretty high number. I just didn't start at 51 and a half. Jalen Hurts worth four points is just amazing. Assuming Jalen Hurts doesn't play. But I do think that I do think that this game goes under either way. Divisional teams playing each other for the second time this season. Um, you know, it's just one of those one of those games that historically fails to go over the number. It what's the number? Yeah, 47 and a half. They didn't go over this last time they played, right? No, 26-17. You know, it's just too high. So we're going under on that deal all right folks that's gonna do it for this episode hopefully you learned some you shared some i love the holiday memories the christmas memories thanksgivings and hanukkahs and kwanzas and everything else that you guys celebrate new year's lay it on me at jeff underscore mans follow me there as well the jeff mans on facebook instagram snapchat and on tiktok Definitely appreciate you guys and all your support for this program over this course of the year. We aren't going anywhere. Brand new episodes every single week. Don't you worry about that. We'll be with you all postseason long. Let's get those championship games. 
in. Let's get those championships in. Let's uh, hit me up in the man's cave. If you're fantasyguru.com subscriber, if not, what are you waiting for? It's never been cheaper in the history of mankind to be a part of the elite mafia, which we do. We run things, learn DFS, learn betting, the tips, the tricks, the data, the smash reports, seasonal, drafting, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football, USFL, XFL, NFL, Major League Baseball, MMA, soccer, PGA, NASCAR, everything that we have over there at fantasyguru.com. Be a part of it. Happy holidays to each and every one of you. Hopefully you guys are finding the holiday season delightful and a good one. Number one most important thing, stay safe out there, please. I'm all about drinking. Go pound it. Go hit some Makers 46. Go pound your your brewskis, your White Claws, whatever you do. But please, please do not get behind the wheel. Don't put your family in danger. Don't put other people in danger. Don't put other people's kids. My kids are out on the roads these days. If you don't do it for anybody else, do it for Pappy, right? I have family all over this continent. Be Call Uber. Call Lyft. Fucking sleep it off, man. I've, we've all been there before. Just be responsible. Be safe. And by goodness, be happy this holiday season. That's it for this episode. Thank you once again. Everybody for tuning in. Big thanks to our producer, Sean Angle. Does a massively great job producing this podcast each and every week. Best of luck to you guys in week 16. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week, everybody. Do so.